show that apparently seemingly never ends. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. What is this? Ah, this is version a two, seven, three. I'm the Eugene S. Robinson showstopper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. What are we gonna talk about today? Everything. Everything from last night. Again, no Twitter chatter, very little, I'm sorry, X, dumbass, very little online chatter about the bigots last night, the fights, that's usually a warning sign, but since I watched it from the Himmelsbach, Himmelsberger fight on, I got stuff to say, and I got something from the land of conspiracy, but first, Let's have Bob Riley sing us in with Stigmata, as he has every week since 2007. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available, Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death at a nightclub. Beat your car with a hammer, run your mayor pro time out of town. Listen. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full always nothing. All right, my friends. All right, my friends. This is uh, uh, version uh, two. Uh, uh, yeah, of course it's on my label. Uh, otherwise, I don't know where I could afford the rights to it. So uh, CFY Records, but still sold through Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, because I gave them all of the stock because I got tired of living with it. Like, I'm living with everything else in this place, records and records and records and CDs of things that haven't sold. However, it's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about... Well, first, let me go 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 through the routine again, just for those the three of you who are maybe not sure. What happens is, Sunday is always free. It's like drugs. The first one is always free. If you tune in one minute after the show ends, raps live for free, it goes to the Substack, where in order to hear it, paywalled, you got to pay. And I'm happy to say that many of you have done so already. And not just for the $5 amount, for the larger amount as well. And so June and I, we're coming up with uh, things to give to give people uh, who who, uh, who join at the higher levels. And um, I said, I got a T-shirt grab bag. I got books grab bag. And I wish I had thought ahead after I just put about four feet of pornography. I had to give you magazines, too. I, I got to clear stuff out. I got to lighten my load. This time next year, I got to be packing the move. I can't be carrying all this stuff around. Yeah, Skull Game ended. The porn, the 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 zaggots of the porn guide ended. What, fifteen years ago? And I, I'm I got fifteen. Uh, look, I had to go over to the ex-wife's house and load all of you know, like you know she's there. Yeah, maybe you could haul your so I'm loading stuff out and going through boxes. It's like, oh look, I don't need this. Big hips, big tits. I guess I don't need that book. I got to get rid of it. And finally, like she's at work, and I'm like, "Hey, um, I put about four feet of porno in your uh, in your recycling bin. 
know you got a roommate and all now, but uh, it, maybe you don't want to, maybe you want to put some stuff over it. And she's like, ah, oh, no, it's all right. And I'm like, ah, she goes, well, don't put it out the curb. I don't want the neighbors to look at it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to Spain. So a, uh, so then I was like, I felt bad. The roommate seems like she's a nice lady. Need to be, you know, she's throwing out her her cans, and it need to be thrust in the face of like, you know, whatever with the the the, the you know uh, the, whatever whatever porn was in, and like every manner of porn in the world. Why? Who has DVDs? I used to have a dude who would sell them for me in England. Made lots of money that way. You know, you review them, send a dude, he'd sell them. Adam, man, we had a good business. Adam, however, moved to Kuwait and then was afraid to do the business because he didn't want to get his hands chopped off or other body parts. I was like, that's just, a, that's just a rumor. They don't really do business that way there. Come on. He goes, oh, really? I was like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I said that. <laughs> I put man in harm's way so I could make a few bucks. Well, yeah. And okay, and then who buys porno mags anymore? Anybody got porno mags? How can I sell this stuff? You know, they're still sitting in that bin now. They're still sitting in that bin now about a mile from where I am. And I keep thinking, God, man, people, I used to crawl in the dumpsters for stuff like this when I was like 15 years old. And I'm just throwing it away. Can't can I recognize? Uh, I, you, do you know how much money I would have paid at 15? Now, why pay? You can get on your phone. I don't know. It's sad. And I'm driving around now for two weeks with a typewriter in the car. I said to Marty G, I go, is there any way in the world that you could convince me that I should not keep this typewriter? And he's like, no, you should keep the typewriter. That makes a great decoration. Plus, you can actually use it. Marty G, interior designer, has single-handedly guaranteed that I will now pay the ship a fucking typewriter to Spain. Oh, it's nice, man. It's an old style one. Yeah, I think it is a Royal. Not electric, old manual. You never know. A computer goes out, you need to write something. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm that stressed. So, uh, so I got rid of all the porn. And I got rid of so much porn that my back hurts from getting rid of porn. You know that you've, you have a lot of porn. I, look, I ran for 10 years a porn site. And I tried, I kept out the DVDs and I kept the videos for as long as I could. Tried to, somebody's go, go on eBay, list them all on eBay. You know what kind of patience you have to have to list, you know, 300 porn titles on eBay? Not to mention going back and forth to the post office because, because you know, some guy wants, you know, backpackers one through four. I tell you, I threw that shit in the dumpster, and until I knew the dumpster had been hauled away, I kept thinking, I got, I got, I got to go get it. I got. It's not the hoarder. It's not the hoarder. It's not hoarding. If you think you can sell it, <laughs> people who are hoarders have no intention of selling it. Now, the fact that I haven't sold it doesn't mean I had no intention of selling it. It just meant that I couldn't be bothered to sell it. But I always thought about it as a hedge against inflation. I hedge against inflation. But, you know, as a utilitarian, do I use porn magazines? No. Okay, I have some stuff around here. Where's the, the one with my articles in it? Those I've kept. I can't find them. 
Well, you don't need to see him anyway. This is a show for kids. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly, man. I had Sherry in there. I had We. I had old Playboys. And you start having emotional connections to these things. It's like, man, can I? And you know what's going to happen? I'm convinced as a minor league hoarder, what's going to happen is the second recycling comes, which is Tuesday, had Player Magazine. Oh, man. Oh, with Pam Greer in it. How could you throw that away? How could I throw that away? I had a bunch of player magazines. And, and you know, yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to take little pictures of them so, so I can track these women down now because I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure these women who took these pictures in 1977 are still making porn in 2023. Ugh. But it's it has it's it's a cash function, right? I, and I'm sure tomorrow what will happen is, uh, um, I'm sure what will happen tomorrow is I'll read some guy found at a yard sale a Playboy magazine which he was able to sell for thirteen hundred dollars because it was the one with the special thing on the on the the bunny ears. I, uh, don't ever come to me with those. There are two things I don't I want you ever to send me. Do never ever send me stories like that, and do not ever send me injury videos. I don't like them. Fuck it. I got it. I got it. Because now it comes down to a different type of cash. I got to pay to send them or I got to lose money to keep them. It doesn't make any difference. So anyway, let's get let's get beyond that. So this week, this has been a hell of a week. Right now we're into now the effluvia of of reviews for Love's Holiday have started to to come in. And uh, it's funny because, you know, of course, the label sent it to usual suspects. And I have to say, honest to God, if you read the new Decibel magazine, would mm, uh, yeah, talk about how heavy metal saved my my professional life. We played at Gilman Street. There's a photograph of this somewhere. And I just, you know, there's something about Gilman that was so progressively buttoned down that it just, you know, what is it called? Hysteria passio, I think is a term where you, you know, that kind of sense where you're standing on the edge of a cliff and you want to hurl yourself off, you know, the impending hysteria that, that, that happens. I, I got that when I was playing it because it was such a, but you come in the door and there are these rules about community engagement and done. Uh, it felt like going to fucking church. I could next thing I know I'm on stage completely fucking naked. I'm running around. I'm punching shit. It was great, but I could see and feel the alternative audience pulling back. And that was also the last time we played Gilman. They would never have us back. Something about the nudity and the erection and the running and the screaming scared them. They were not ready for it. You know who never turned their backs on me? Someplace. At least a tramp like me knew that there's a brother who would not refuse him a bowl of soup. The heavy metal community. I don't say they always liked it, but they never out and out rejected us. Never did. Never fucking did. Never had somebody at a metal label when I tried to get to see, hey, you know, you're not metal enough. Like Fat Mike said when I went to to Fat Records and put out some Oxbow stuff. All right. Never happened. Uh, we, we were playing. We played with with the, uh, Tom Warrior of uh, Celtic Frost at a festival in Kilby, Switzerland. Got paid like $8,000 for it. And this was like 15 years ago. We could, Oxbow couldn't get arrested in America. So it's interesting to watch the, the heavy metal cats like get Love's Holiday and go like, hey, hey, yeah, 
I don't even know if I really get it. I, they want to hate it, but they they know they know that Oxbow is a reliable measure. In other words, if a friend of yours shows up in a pink cashmere faux fur maxi coat, you know something's going on. You know something's going on, right? Now the question is, depending on how close of a friend is, you either say, "Yo, what's the deal with the the furry?" pink pimp coat, you know, um, or if you're not that good of her, you don't say anything. I'm in LA once, a fucking 1950s the Thunderbird convertible. This woman is driving it and she's got like a head wrap like Isadora Duncan, a white scarf around her head that's trailing, flittering out and sitting in the seat next to her, or maybe even in the back seat with his arm across the armrest. It's a fucking orangutan. This is L.A. You can't give people like this your eyes. She's driving, just cruising around. I'm like at Hollywood and Vine. She's cruising around the corner, and I just look straight ahead. Like Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, I saw nothing, nothing. I see nothing, nothing. I can't, I can't, I can't give my eyes to something like that. You know, so, uh, so you know something's going on without really knowing something's going on. Whatever, what, whatever. I, 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 you know, I, I, I didn't come to complain. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not why I'm here. What I'm doing typically, if you want the structure of the show, is I explain to you what happened in the week and the headset that caused the creation of the Substack, which you should have read if you subscribe to it, and then I talk about how it ties into MMA. That's the show in a nutshell. For those who don't have patience to stick around and figure out what the fuck is going on, All right? So, 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 um, so the, Tuesday or, uh, or early, early on this week, uh, I'm getting these, these reviews from the heavy metal guys and some are like, you know, you know, the record's okay. Oh, I really love it, but I'm going to give it a 70 or oh, I really, really like a seven out of 10. Oh, really, but I, you know, I don't like this, but you don't, you don't understand. You You don't understand about the, critiquing Oxbow's record is like critiquing an infant. The infant is as it is. You don't look at a baby and go, oh my God, he's kind of short, isn't he? Only if he had a full head of hair. What's the deal with the... How's is your kid okay? Yeah, fine. Well, he's just making strange noises. Strange noises. Yeah, he's making strange noises. That's baby talk. Baby, I never heard of that before. Baby talk. What, does he not speak English? Is he is he developmentally disabled? He's fucking six months old. This is Oxbow music. You might not like it. But your critiques based on how you don't like it that attempt to be qualitative in nature are pointless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pointless. I mean, the, 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 the matrix, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the indices that makes sense here are, do you like it or do you not like it? If you don't like it, I'm fully open to hear you analyze why you don't like it. That's information I could use. But if you say, I don't like it because it lacks a certain quality, then I, I got to stop listening to you. 
How come that baby's not a basketball player? What? What? The baby. The baby's not a basketball player. Shut the fuck. Are you out of your mind? I'm just saying, how come the baby's not playing ba- basketball now? The baby was never meant to play basketball. The record was never meant to do anything other than exist and to a certain degree make us happy. So this week I've been reading the reviews and then some guy, my friend uh, Chris from that band Stunning uh, from Minneapolis, he's like, man, on, he's on the Twitter machine. He's like, it's, uh, and I refuse to call it X so you can go straight to hell with that bullshit. Um, <laughs> he's like, ah, it's nice and hot. He's like, I, I, liked, I like how you put on... Uh, I forgot what shirt I had on. You like, I like how you put up the bad ones as well as the good ones. I go, why would I not? I'm going to believe the good ones. I might as well. Let's give it. In fact, Oxbow's stage show, my whole approach to Oxbow, I had to have somebody use like a defibrillator on me moving from Whipping Boy to, to Oxbow. And it was a guy named Stevie who wrote for Sounds Magazine or maybe NME back in the day. And he came to the very first Oxbow show ever. Technically, the first Oxbow show was the probably the last Whipping Boy show with Social Distortion. However, this was the first one under the name Oxbow. Even though my, my MO, my thinking was still heavily influenced or framed by all my time in Whipping Boy. And he called me on all of, all of it. All of the things that were wrong with Whipping Boy's show, he called me on for doing it under the aegis of Oxbow, and he was fucking right. He said, I didn't like this because, and then he carefully analyzed the reasons why, and said, these are of low quality. It's ham-handed theatricality. I don't get the sense that he means it. So I had to take all that Whipping Boy shit and shove it off the table and stand in front of the microphone and say, let's let Oxbow happen. Oh, no, no, no. Social D's crowd was great on us. <laughs> Keep in mind, that was the point at which I'd already seen Mike Ness getting the shit beaten out of him and his, his pants shit in. It was just a misunderstanding. <laughs> all the people who kicked his ass, kicked his ass so badly he's shit in his pants. They're all now friends with him. But the reality, there were L.A. and L.A. and New York are very different scenes. Social D is in New York for the uh, the um, uh, the BYO tour, uh, which I can't even remember the name, which they made a, a better way to live or something like that. They made a movie about it, and uh, he was angry about something, and he he hurled a bottle into a crowd. You can do that shit in L.A. because you don't know everybody. You do that shit in New York, and it was a New York hardcore is a really tight scene. You're gonna get chased, and they're gonna beat you until you shit in your pants, and that's what happened. <laughs> he got angry, threw a bottle in the crowd, it hit this girl's leg, it cut her leg that everybody knew, and they chased him and they beat him until he shit in his pants. So, um, so Social D, when they came to my neighborhood to play, you know, when they played in Palo Alto, they were very nice. They didn't throw any bottles in the crowd. And their audience was actually our audience, so it's fine. But uh, uh, but now I, I, I got sidetracked. So so uh, um so it changed the whole approach to how I how I how I did Oxbow Oxbow Live. Stood aside and let Oxbow come in, and that is that is the problem. That is the problem right now. Stevie and I want to say Chick was maybe his last name. I don't know if that was the case because there are two Stevies who wrote for the magazine, so I'm confused over the course of time. But the thing that was instructive is like, he was, he uh, um, was clear, 
right? This is pre-internet. Um, and he was clear about the job and the task at hand. He knew uh, um, why he was being paid. He had a, his calling, a deep uh, and earnestly held sense of calling, drove him to say, look, look, I am going to, I'm going to call this as I see it, and I'm going to see it as clearly as I can. It helped me immeasurably. It helped a guy with a, a laptop uh, a camera who sits at his house in Michigan and says, I didn't really like Million Dollar Weekend. That doesn't mean anything. You can join the billions of other people on the planet who don't like Million Dollar Weekend or know it or listen to it. But I, I would just ask you to dig a little deeper. Why? Because it might help me. That's why. As it stands now, I look at Love's, the baby called Love's Holiday and I was like, can't say anything. What are you going to say? On the one hand, it's a record with songs. On, on the other hand, it's the baby. Baby doesn't need to be any taller than the baby is. Baby doesn't need to be any fatter than the baby is. Baby doesn't need to have any more hair than the baby does. It's the baby. So if you haven't heard Love's Holiday, you don't have to go very far. Four of the videos, is it four? Four of the videos are on YouTube. I suggest you watch them. Anyway, that's not what we're here today to talk about. I'm just trying to give you a sense of the week that preceded. Also, I've started CrossFit because I got I to gotta get in shape for these shows coming up in September. So now, and I'm my, the usual stuff I do was all right, but then I was having a lot of core issues the, in the last uh, uh, Bunuel tour in October, by which I mean, ah, 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 you do that for 10 minutes. It's like, huh, huh, my diaphragm is killing me. Yeah, I was running. I was doing hills and sprints and stuff like that. Doesn't matter. Hey, you ever try going over to a track and running and screaming? Or when I was running up the hill with the bag of gravel trying to sing, right? Just to kind of duplicate the live thing. Ah, ah, right up there. A cop pulls up to me and says, hey, uh, you okay? I go, no, 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 I'm fine. I just got two more laps to do. He goes, no, no. Are you okay? <laughs> he wasn't asking if I was physically fit. He was asking if I was mentally fit. No, 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 I'm fine. I know it looks crazy, but uh, no, just let me finish, please. So I figured CrossFit will help me. It did help me. However, my left, my left leg now hurts. And in all fairness, it wasn't caused by CrossFit. I just happened to stretch in a weird way when I was at CrossFit and it hurt. So my legs hurt. Everything hurts. Seven days a week, jujitsu. Uh, and of course, if Sorrell's angry with you or just Sorrell, he, he picks the rolls on Saturday. So he put me against a 320-pound guy. He put me against a 220-pound guy who they, whose nickname is Cocaine Mark. And he put me against a judoka guy. I, just, I had like seven fucking murderous rolls. I kept like, what about that girl over there? He's like, oh, no, no, no. She, no, no, no. She was giving me the eye. I saw it. She, she, call, she called me out. He goes, look, look, she's a blue belt. I don't give a fuck a blue belt my ass. Let her come over here. Give her a piece of my mind. You outweigh her by 100 pounds. Oh, whoa, whoa. So, so is Vince. He outweighed me by 100 pounds. You don't see me complaining. He goes, no, actually, that's really, that's just what you're doing. All right, all right. So this is a tough week. I'm beat up now. I had the jujitsu today and pretty much just laid on the mat. Got got by cocaine mark. That's fine. A beat. Tired. I'm an old man. I'm 61 next month. 